Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is the Wesson Walker Show. I Not knew you were laughing at Michael Penix. That was yeah, no, Penix. It's, it's definitely know, Penix I've, Jr. I've heard it pronounced no. a couple it of different not, ways. It is, it's Wes. Come and on. And you dry your bahuni and you dry like other... <laughs> what is he drying? It's bahuni. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to start using that for oh. sure. And Walker. I can think of Joey Bats and Roughnet Odor. We know the punches were thrown there. What did I say? You want to say that first name again, bud? Roughnet is not his it's name. It's Roomnet Odor. Are you sure? Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but you also said Willie Stargle. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Willie Stargle. And hopefully today will be a good day for you all. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Text line always open 704-570-9610. And we are closing out team week for the NC State Wolfpack with our 2023 predictions. So, Walker Mail, when you take a look at this schedule. You want to play the intro? I was wondering if we were going to kick it over there. That's why I took a pause. I didn't know if he was going to do it or not. Well, how about this? Let's call for it, and then he can play it, and then we'll get ready and right into the mode of Team Week. You want to do that? All right, Fiddy, drop the hits. Hit it! It's the sound you've waited months to hear. It's caused some of your greatest triumphs. NC State rides on the strength of the pack. And your biggest heartbreaks. And he missed it! It's the option at Georgia Tech. It's Howard's Rock. The smoke in Miami. And every Saturday, you tap that sign. The wait is over. College football is here. All right, Walker Mail, let's take a look at the NC State football schedule and get to doing a little bit of predicting, shall we? We like to break the schedule down into quarters. And so for NC State to start the season, they've got a tough matchup week two with Notre Dame. But overall, this is a very favorable first four games for the Wolfpack. How do you see it playing out? Anything less than three and one is a sign of concern for the NC State Wolfpack this year. I know you were talking about how UConn is not a team to be slept on. But you got to beat UConn, even if it is on the road. And Notre Dame coming to Raleigh this year. I think that is something where I toyed with it. I've toyed a couple times now with Notre Dame falling and being uh, being upset. Wake Forest I had beating them when we did Wake Forest Team Week. I thought about State too, Fitty. You're so frustrated. What is it about Notre Dame, man? I mean, this is someone. It's, I just want to try to make. Notre Dame. I want to make. I want to make sense of it. 
Because you are not the biggest fan of Marcus Freeman. I'm not. I don't think you're the biggest fan of Sam Hartman. Maybe you are. I don't know your opinion about him as much. But if you're not the biggest fan of somebody like a Freeman, and you've also talked about how much you like Dave Doran as a coach, at least, with what he's accomplished in the ACC, mm-hmm. then why is this head-shaking material for you, just like it was with Wake Forest? Can, I just want you to make it make sense. <laughs> you think Wake Forest is going to go to South Bend, Indiana, it's what late October, early November. It's gonna be it's gonna be butt cold already up there. Butt cold. They're gonna go up there. <laughs> they're gonna go up there and win. But, I like butt but cold. Notre Dame's gonna come to NC State. I think State's gonna be better than Wake Forest this year. But they're 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 gonna beat NC State. That's the logic doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. And man, you know what's beautiful about football, Fitty? A lot of things don't make sense sometimes. Just like we didn't expect Marshall to go up there and whoop them in South Bend, right? Kind of like your opinion sometimes. Burn! Oh, yeah! No rules Friday! <laughs> oh, I like Kelso making an appearance. I do like Kelso. Man, sometimes it's just how it works. But I, I did toy with it. But I do think Notre Dame is going to win. Because that would be bad, right? If Notre Dame loses their second game of the season, automatically a bad oh, yeah. start for they the Fighting Irish. already talking about uh, Coach getting the axe. I'll make it simple. They beat Connecticut. They lose to Notre Dame. They beat VMI, Virginia. They start three and one. They should be heavy. They should be decent favorites in every single one of those games, except for Notre Dame. I think they could take care of business. I like it. I second your thoughts on that. I've got them three and one as well through that first quarter of the season. Then the second quarter gets a little tricky when we talk about home games versus Louisville versus Marshall. Then you go on the road to Duke, and then you're home for the Clemson Tigers. We know how much these two teams do not like each other. That is the textile is something about that. I remember when I used to play NCAA. Uh, they played for some bowl. type of trophy. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Textile bowl. Alright, I've got them going 2-2 two and two in this stretch, beating Louisville, beating Marshall, losing at Duke, losing to the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, Louisville will be interesting. How good do you expect Louisville to be? If we were in Kentucky and doing a Louisville team week. That's an interesting squad, and I do think Louisville's going to be a, a solid football team, especially with Brom coming over, what he was able to do with Purdue. We know the recruiting. They've gotten some pretty good players uh, over the years. This was one of the best sack teams in the ACC last season. Um, but I think this is going to be a solid team, but still quarterback. You lose a Malik Cunningham. Interested to see how that position is going to play out. So there's a lot of unknown with this Louisville football team, but I think NC State will be better than them this season at least. Especially if they're playing at home. Right. And, and, and if you have a wild card and you have a wild card that you're welcoming or even if you're going on the road, I think that does make a big difference, especially if we talk about NC State being a tough place to play. The fans, they like their NC State football over there. So I'm going to give NC State the win. I'm going to give them the win against Marshall as well at home. So that means a 5-1 and one start to NC State season. You go to Duke, and then you welcome Clemson. I think that's two straight losses for me. So I would have them at five and three at that point after a five and one start. But we're going to be talking um, about an exciting weekend on October 14th when NC State and Duke match up against one another. That'll be a fun game. But I have them at five and three at that point. What was your record at the end of the first? Uh, second Same thing. I'm, I'm right there with the five and three lock in step. It, does this feel fitty? You can judge this if you want. We can make a little game out of it if you want to. Five and three. I feel like that does make sense. I know you were questioning my Wake Forest over Notre Dame take, but with five and three, 
does it make too much sense? Like, I, I don't want to just go chalk if we're to go with the filling out the bracket term, but this does feel pretty chalky. Maybe Duke is an interesting game. Maybe Louisville, but five and three is what I see right here. Yeah, no, I'd have them six and two because I think I, I think they'll beat Duke. I don't think they're going to be, you know, scared going to Wallace Wade Stadium, the high school stadium of the ACC, if you will. I mean, five and three with with everything that that program like. That's that's what Dave Doran does. It puts them on track for another eight, nine win year. Okay, but Wes, here he is talking all that trash about Wallace Wade, right? And look, I, I'm not going to defend Wallace Wade per se. I will defend Duke's football team. But what I also say is, he said that's what Dave Doran does. You know what else Dave Doran and NC State do? What's that? Drop a game early in the season. They shouldn't. Yep. And it wouldn't even be an upset if Duke wins, right? So th- you have to have some kind of buffer in there. Because right now, the only three losses that we have for NC State are the losses that you might expect from them. Mm -hmm. Notre Dame, Duke, and Clemson. Two of them for sure. A lot of people, the masses, are going to have NC State losing. So there's got to be some kind of buffer, and I didn't build that in. But we also know NC State is a good football team. Yeah, they always play pretty good games with Louisville. State's tough, man. State's always tough. So as we close out the schedule, though, in my opinion, it gets pretty tricky. The only gimme in there to me is Virginia Tech. Right. Uh, I have them losing to Miami because I think the Canes will be much improved. I'm buying in uh, this season. I think he's rebuilding in the trenches. So I think Coach Cristobal will have Miami uh, a better football team. I have my Deeks avenging the loss to NC State last year that they lost in heartbreaking fashion. So I have them losing in Winston-Salem. And then I have them for the second year in a row beating the Tar Heels at home, ending Fitty season with a big amount of frustration. <laughs> what was your final record here? Seven and six. Seven and six. I've got them going three and one. In the last four games. All right, what you got? What's what's the three? I've got them losing to Miami. And that's it. And then I have them beating Wake Forest. Okay. I remember having NC State winning there. Now, it is Wake Forest at home, mm-hmm. but I do expect NC State to take care of business against Wake Forest, and then I'm with you. I think they beat Virginia Tech. And then that game against North Carolina, here's the thing. I'll be pulling for North Carolina at that game, but... What evidence have we seen to put our faith in North Carolina to take care of business against NC State at the end of the season? Uh, what what evidence do we have of that? Doesn't matter if it's you know if North Carolina has the lead. Were they if they were up 14 points with Sam Howe the last time that they played NC State? And that would be three years in a row it they would, beat the Heels. So so if you have even NC State being able to come back against that North Carolina team you had last year in Chapel Hill, it was a close game. They miss a kick, I get it, but still NC State was able to hold on, and that was with Ben Finley at quarterback. Man, I'm at the point where I'm going to have to see it to believe it for North Carolina to be able to knock off NC State. It doesn't mean it can't happen, but if we're going to predict and I'm trying to get this thing right, then I'm going to go with the Wolfpack. I have them 8-4. I have them losing to Miami, even if it is at home. I have them beating Wake Forest on the road. I have them beating Virginia Tech, and then I have them beating North Carolina at the end of the regular season. Oh-hum, 8-4. and Then he made the joke the other day, semi, I mean, it was semi-derogatory joke towards NC State, but this is what they do. They go 8-4 and four, even when you don't expect it. So that's the final prediction that I have for the NC State Wolfpack. 7-6, and 8-4. and four, How do you like that, Fiddy, if we want to bring you in again and judge this thing? I'm trying to figure out where that 13th game is on NC State's schedule. I'm going to go 7-6 and six in the regular season. 8-4 and four feels <laughs> right. 
So you, <laughs> I didn't even pick that up. Yeah. So you have them eight and five or seven and five, I guess. You I didn't even pick. Do thirteen games. I didn't even pick that up. To be honest with you, Wes, you have them seven and five, right? Have them seven and six. But that's 13 I'm sorry, games. seven and five. That's yes, what that, my that was the joke. You're good. That's like <laughs> force education. Gotcha. Are you, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. All right, you're just hitting Kelso for everything today. Yeah. What do you think? Seven and five, eight and four. What you got? So if I had them six and two, I think they beat. I think they lose to Miami. I think they beat. Uh, I think they beat Virginia Tech. I think they beat. That's the easy one, right? Yeah. Like we can have NC State yes. beating Virginia Tech, even I if it is on the road. I think they beat Wake Forest. That's a different one that we Virginia have. Virginia Tech does have a lot of transfers, though, man. So there's always going to be somebody that's a surprise team in the league. But for right now, yeah. I want to hear the. It's not different. The North Carolina game is the one that I want to hear from you. Yeah. Like, what do you think? I'm not. I'm wearing my Drake May jersey. Okay, but no. No, there's no. Call me unprofessional. Call me what you want. No way in hell I'm picking NC State to beat my team. No, no chance. <laughs> that that's fine, but I don't. He's fifty-fifty on football stuff. Like college basketball, you're gonna pick them all the time. But man, he will blast his own football. He definitely team. does. I mean, he'll blast Mac Brown. He'll talk about how bad Drake May is sometimes. Well, I'll just that's tell true. you this: if Mac Brown loses to him for a third straight year. They should be fired. He should be fired. So you're going to get another coach that's going to lose to him, too. And if, if Drake May finishes career as Carolina's quarterback 0-2 against your biggest football rival, we're going to have some questions about could he perform in the big games as a target. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I like okay. that. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about, though. Thank you for proving my point with this. You're right. If if Drake May loses to NC State, then Fiddy is going to spend all of NFL draft season, SCN, draft season talking about, well, I don't know about Drake May being the second best QB anymore. Oh, that that opinion will never change. But, like, his, his legacy as Carolina's QB, if you're 0-2 against State, let's yeah. say he goes 1-1 one one against Duke mm-hmm. and you didn't win an ACC championship or anything like that, he probably doesn't surpass uh, Sam Howell on the ledger. Yeah, Sam. Ha- I mean, that that might be true. That might be true. I don't know. NC State, we feel overall pretty decent about him, even though you have seven and five. You have them a little bit lower than I do. But once again, I'll be an ACC homer walker over here. That's just what I've been all throughout team weeks. <laughs> I think it would be interesting if we went through and just did the schedules for everybody and then see how it turns out if we went through and did one I think that would expose for, me quite for, a bit. For to be every, with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that wraps up Team Week with NC State. We'll see what Dave Dorn and the Wolfpack do in 2023 with Brennan Armstrong and Robert and I and all the new shiny stuff on offense. But when we come back, we're going to get back to the Panthers. Will they show more in the offensive playbook this week? We shall see, and we're going to talk about it on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. 
and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ finishing up team week from NC State. We had people mad at us yesterday, not talking and taking a deep dive into NC State enough. But this just goes to show you, sometimes you're just not on the same page as the listeners because I thought our offensive and defensive breakdowns of NC State were better than some of the other team weeks that we've had. We still got state team or state fans mad at us. Like, go check it out. Wesson Walker. I feel Can't good. please everybody, man. I feel good. Well, especially you today. I'm just going to warn you all texters. Wes got time today. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. 704-570-9610. Wes has the time. I'm not. Yeah. Like that. He's he's coming at you. If you got something to say to one Wes Bryant, he's got his <laughs> Akeem Olajuwon shirt on. He's feeling defensive. Two-time defensive player of the year. Hakeem. Leader in block shots. That he's is here to very block fitting, you. right? He's here to block you yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. That's what Hakeem West Bryan is ready to do if you didn't want to text us on the text line. What you got, Fitting? I just asked Wes how he felt about the text on it. He simply responded, Go scratch yourself. Oh, he's yeah. not in the mood today. I want more scratch yourself. I want more of that. That was a weird sentence. Go scratch yourself. But I do. Scratching is great, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird sentence, too. <laughs> You want to elaborate? Just it's a. a I mean, I'm just saying, man. If you got a really bad itch, and then once you scratch it, man, it's it's a great, great feeling. As long as it doesn't continue. I had one yesterday, like my lower part of my neck. For whatever reason, I just had this like dry itch. Maybe I have dry skin. I don't know, but I feel like if I'd asked for lotion, (laughs) we would have went down an even darker hole. And I don't want to go that way with y'all on a Friday. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Get Walker. That's what I got to deal with, y'all. We got to have Fitty bring that up. We had, my man said scratching is great. This is my fault. But you brought up. Ah, never mind. It, feel free to yeah, text Scratching in. could be innocent. My mind was not in the gut. Neither was mine. No, you you took us there, though. I'm not yeah. arguing I'm not arguing with you about this. The I'm wicked not bus driver. I'm not, What's yeah. that game? Uh, it was a game on PlayStation where you drove different vehicles. It was like Demolition Derby and then one of the bus drivers. I think the cover of it was the bus driver clown, insane clown yep. driving a bus. He was just laughing like a clown during the break, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Fitty's laugh is so high-pitched. It's why when I was creating some of those rejoins, you could hear Fitty laugh a lot and we will end on one of those high-pitched laughs. And I've often called it Crumb's laugh from Star Wars. When Crumb is just sitting there with Jabba yes. the Hutt laughing uncontrollably that's how fitty sounds and that's why i included a lot of them on the rejoin let's move on let's talk actually about the preseason game tonight because it is football friday even if it is no rules friday as well we still have some football to get to their game against the giants it's going to be a real interesting one that a lot of people are going to be paying attention to i believe only two preseason games tonight if you are a fiend for football then well you have Almost no choice but that to watch us. the Carolina Panthers tonight against the Giants. And I think a lot of people are going to be interested in this game. Number one overall pick, Bryce Young. No now question. they're going to be on NFL Network, so you'll be able to watch Bryce Young, what he's able to do even from across the country if you have NFL Network. So this is going to be one where not only do we want them to perform better because we care about the Carolina Panthers, some of us care about the Carolina Panthers, no doubt, but because you want to have a good showing. 
It's like, we'll get to the NBA schedule release. Sam Farber going to be joining us at 145 to talk about the NBA schedule release. Just some of the highlights there. But Nada, all, my friend, Nada Edwards, friend of the show, he always likes to take a step back when everyone gets excited about nationally televised games for the Charlotte Hornets. And I used to be like, oh, no, man, welcome it. This is great. We're on national TV. It's going to be a lot of fun. Watch them on ESPN. Then they go get beat by 25. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, this is what Nada was talking about. Yeah, no, he's right. I was wrong on this. It, that's not necessarily true with Carolina all of the time. You know, we've had our success on some of these national games, even if it is preseason. You want your number one overall pick. You want your offensive line. You want your team to show out when a lot of the country is going to be paying attention to you. And I hope it is not the same performance that they gave us in preseason game number one. Don't want to see it at all. As we said, a lot of people, there was a lot to be said. We played Michael Lombardi's clips. We saw people have varying opinions about how Carolina played. And to me, it kind of offset the goodwill that's been happening this entire offseason because there has not been a lot of negative when you think about it. Not a lot of negative has been said. A lot of people, uh, especially Carolina Panthers fans and objective ones and ones that are just uh, fanatics, also have lauded a lot of the moves that have been brought in. There's a lot of optimism. And then the first preseason game happened, to which a lot of people, justifiably so, said, hey, it's just the first preseason game. You guys, no need to panic here. But tonight, though, if you don't see what you want to see, then I think at minimum, even if you're the most optimistic, I think eyebrows will be raised because to me it speaks to the psyche, like, You've been talked about all week. The offense has been scrutinized all week. We know professional athletes, what happens a lot of times when they get embarrassed or they don't come out and do what they need to do. They have to sit back and listen to it, and they come out and respond. So that's what I want to see tonight. Are they going to come out and respond and give the fans what they want? Uh, Let's go to Thomas Brown, the Panthers' offensive coordinator, discussing how they expect more from the offense against the Giants. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I think, again, uh, the score always matters. I mean, we're in a results-driven business, but – uh, during this time of year, is definitely more about the evaluation process and trying to find the best guys going to end up making this roster down the road. So uh, we'll, we'll make, maybe have a couple more wrinkles we'll throw in here and, here and there. But to me, regardless of that, it's, it's more about the execution. One thing we haven't talked about, Wes, I believe this is right. So it was it the first half that Frank Reich took control, control over and then Thomas Brown in the second half? I think it was something like that. Either way, you have a divide. We'll try to get a research team. Hey, drum! Drum, can you look this up? Cool. All right, cool. We'll get that in just a second. But when we have the breakdown between Frank Reich and Thomas Brown, here's the offensive coordinator saying we might have a wrinkle thrown in or two. Good sign or am I looking too much into it because we do want something more French vanilla rather than just vanilla? No, I don't think you're looking too much into it, man. And this offense, you just want to see more out of them. You want to see them at least try to adjust in some way because we heard Coach talk about what the Giants are going to bring and what he expects uh, as far as exotic blitzes and for them blitzes and for them to really try to get to the quarterback and cause a lot of ruckus. So they're going to need to hit them with some things too that they're going to have to adjust to to at minimum slow down that pass rush, slow down those blitzes because they watched that tape last week. They've heard the narrative about this offensive line, so they want to try to take advantage of it as well, not only for their players to get their confidence and for them to look good, but also for their fan base to feel good about what the Giants are going to offer in 2023. Yeah, especially it might be a worse look 
if the Giants are bringing a ton of people on blitzes and they're trying to get after the quarterback, sure. and you still just don't do anything. Right. <laughs> and would, then Bryce is getting hit, and yeah. then you don't make any type of adjustment. Right. So it, it, the Giants are the team. It, it's an interesting couple of matchups that they have to start out preseason because you do have the hard knocks-led, Aaron Rodgers-led Jets team with a great defensive line, and they're getting after the quarterback. And now you have the Giants where Wink Martindale's like, oh, what's what's this vanilla you speak of? Right. You know, well, we're working with creme brulee over That's here. Right. And so we're going to bring a 60% blitz package. We want your quarterback to not have any confidence heading right. into the regular season. <laughs> so if you're Thomas Brown or Frank Reich, maybe you're like, oh, okay, well, let's do something. It's the classic GIF on Twitter. Yeah, I said GIF, get over it. It's the classic GIF on Twitter where you're poking a logo with a stick saying, do something. We're all going to be having that stick from outside poking Thomas Brown. Hey, do something here. Let's let's see something here, Frank Reich, if Wink Martindale is dialing up a lot of blitzes. By the way, you can watch this game tonight, 7 p.m. kickoff. NFL Network, but that's going to be outside of the region. Locally, you can watch it on Queen City News, WJZY, of course, the local affiliate affiliate of the Carolina Panthers. Now, I did want to get to this question from Bagel Guy because it's a great one. Heard Kyle Bailey talking about it yesterday. Do you consider NBA TV or even NFL TV, NFL Network, a national TV game? Because this goes into the Charlotte Hornets schedule released. They have, I think, three NBA TV games, if I'm not mistaken, but not very many. And ESP, I don't consider it a national TV game. I think you go ESPN. I think you go TNT. And if there's an ABC game on, whatever, right? But usually it's ESPN or TNT. NBA TV, I don't think counts as a national game. What do you think? Do you think it, it holds enough panache there? I don't because not everyone has it. And so that's the thing. I have friends that don't have NBA TV. Right. Um, you know, because I'll be talking to them and I'm like, hey, did you see this on NBA TV? And they'll be like, I don't have it. So, no, I don't consider it that. Also, the the I guess the production value to an extent to me isn't as polished as you get from the ESPNs and the ABCs and things of that nature. When you have the the, right. the national games, it's more like they're cutting in to the games and, and things of that nature. So, yeah, to answer your question, I do not consider it that. You're one that likes to get into the weeds of broadcasting, Fitty. Do you think the NBA TV games are indeed national games? No, because they take the home team's broadcast and it's just simulcast on, on mm-hmm. NBA TV. For NFL Network, though, yes, because they actually have they have their own theme music. And, and, and NFL Network. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry, but I do like that that was the first point you wanted to bring up. It's that the theme music, if you got that then it's a national game, yeah. baby. That's all you need. And preseason games, they do the local broadcast. Yeah, exactly. But like when they have their own games, like on Saturdays or whatever, and I, I brought the theme music because I think their theme music might be the best, but they also put together their own crews. Now they are, like they pull from Fox and CBS to put their crews together, or they just put their studio guys in the booth, but I also do view them like they're London games. That is, to me, it's a national TV broadcast. 704 brings up a good point. So 704 writes in, so you don't count Thursday night NFL on Amazon Prime as national TV. But I do. I do yeah, count, I count that. that. So, but that's the Al thing. Michaels doesn't. Oh, no, he, yeah, he doesn't. And I'm getting into get the mode that. as if we're talking about Here we uh, go. <laughs> the preseason games. <laughs> but as far as regular season games on NFL Network, yes, I will agree. I think those are national games. Right. But the NBA TV, I think the most important point is the one Fitty made yeah. where they literally just take your local broadcast and make it national. Mm-hmm. That's all they do. Yeah. So I think you're right about that. I agree. Not a national game. So really, all of us agree here. No debate. Hey, 
conversation, it's over and done with. I did want to get to more of the Carolina Panthers coaching staff. We talked about Thomas Brown on the offensive side. If he's calling plays, will be interesting to see how he works with Matt Corral and if the protection is good enough for Corral to maybe show a little bit more in game number two. We can go to a different coach where there was an interesting piece written on D'Angelo Hall, the defensive back coach. Wes, you have a question on if D'Angelo Hall is important and even maybe as important as a Jero Averro. How close are these guys, do you think, in significance with this coaching staff? Well, of course, on the surface, Ezra Evero is the most important guy. He's the defensive coordinator. But the reason I ask that is because coming into this offseason, one of, if not the biggest position of concern was cornerback. And in this article, it details, you know, the sacrifices that he made as a player with the family and how bad he wanted to coach and things of that nature. But they also delved into how much the players listen to him, how much they hang on his every word, his relationship with J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson and how he met them and how deep that goes and how they just really, really listened to him because of his career, because he was a star, because he played a long career in the NFL and was such a good player. And so I think that for him and his relation to a position that is of vital importance and one that was considered a trouble spot coming into the season, we saw the nice play that Dante Jackson made in the game against the Jets. Will we see more of that? Will we see improved cornerback play once the game start and really count. And I think that he will have a large impact on that because of how good he was, because of his expertise. He can tell these young men, give them the, the tricks of the trade and give him what he's seeing out there to help them be better. So, of course, he's not going to be more important than Evero, but I just broached the question because of the fact that he is involved in the coaching of a position we feel like is so critical to this defense in 2023 and the fact of his stature and what he's done in the game and his passion for coaching that can help these men become much better players and shore up a very important area of this Carolina defense. He could provide a big impact because we need a lot from that position. Dante Jackson, J.C. Horn, we just want to stay healthy. We feel good about his of we feel good about his ability, but just needs to be out there on the football field. And that's great that all of the players are listening to him. Now, just because you're listened to doesn't make you a good coach. Not saying you're saying that, but if you're in the right position and you're listening to what they're saying, then great. But right now, we don't know if he's going to be as important as Averro. We know Averro is important because he's the man calling the plays, and we do have some substance as to what that looked like with Denver after they got rid of an important player like a Bradley Chubb, and we did see what he was able to do with the guy literally drafted right after J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan over there with the Denver Broncos. So Averro, monster coach this year especially when you talk about him getting head coaching interviews this past off season, he's going to be a real important part, I think to this team's success. But I do think D'Angelo Hall, when we discuss the all-star quote unquote coaching staff, Hall's probably the guy that you don't talk about as much. Right. Do Staley is a position coach that gets more attention. James Campen gets more attention. You have Jim Caldwell, Dom Capers. They get more attention probably should based off of their resume but D'Angelo Hall is someone that had a pretty good playing career a long playing career that went into coaching a little wanted to go into TV now he's back with the Panthers so probably a guy that's not talked about as much yeah not at all and so I think that again this is a unit that as the preseason progresses and as the regular season progresses because you have some guys that had some nice grades I mean Dante Jackson had an 85.1 coverage grade 
in seven coverage snaps, according to PFF. C.J. Henderson had an 83.5. And so when you look at some of these guys, and I wondered when Dante made that nice pass breakup, obviously, you know, he's a player that has learned a lot along the way. And he's a guy, obviously, he's played cornerback for quite some time. But I just wondered when you saw some of that and that nice play, you're like, I wonder what type of tips, you know, D'Angelo Hall is giving a player like him to help him be better. Can we talk about that play and how it's portrayed on Hard Knocks, though? Do you remember what Let's happened? Go. Well, do you, so this is one where I was shaking my head. They talked about how it was the sweat on Zach Wilson's hand as to why that wasn't a touchdown. <laughs> Did you see this? I, I I definitely saw it, and as far as you just bringing it back, the recall, I had to think about it for a second. Poor Dante can't win. It's a nice play. I guess it was thrown a little bit behind. It wasn't completely in stride, but also, you know the saying, there's no defense for a perfectly placed ball. Sure. It was a good pass breakup. And then you have the voice of God, as Aaron Rodgers calls him, saying, usually they take care of that play. But they didn't. <laughs> Dante Jackson covered it. Sorry, McCall. I was like, oh, it's just the sweat of my hand. And then Aaron Rodgers, can we get our man a towel? Is that okay? I can't, is that know. too much to ask? Can we get Zach Wilson a towel? Oh, yeah, because if he had a towel, they would have scored a touchdown. Dante, I got you, man. You said that's cap. Don't let the hard knocks people do that to you. No way. I, so the Aaron Rodgers problems, I feel you. They're portrayed like the infomercial is real. But nah, Zach, I'm sorry, okay? I'm pulling for you. I hope you resurrect your career somehow. But that wasn't it. Dante broke it up, and that's that. Let's get to the second fitty flash of the day. Um, I have a request. I know it's coming. I Moving know forward, it. when you throw to the Fitty Flash, give me the voice of God. Give it to me again. Time now for the Fitty Flash. You like that? <laughs> That's beautiful. Oh, thank you. Um, the Baltimore Ravens have reached a deal with former number one overall pick. And Wes Bryant's favorite footballer, Jadavion Clowney, on Friday. Sources told ESPN to Jeremy Fowler and Adam Schefter. Clowney reached an agreement last night with Baltimore and could be there as early as today to officially sign the deal. Does this move move the needle at all for you guys as the Ravens being potential Super Bowl threats? I mean, they've got one quitter at quarterback. Now I have another one at a dead rusher. Oh, wow. Wes loves it. No, don't you say wow. You bred that within him, wow. Wes. You are proud. You're looking like a proud pop over there. <laughs> Who do you dislike more, Rodgers or Clowney? Uh, I don't dislike Clowney. He's a nice guy. I once met him. Uh, my uncle was pretty cool with some of his family and close friends uh, before. So he's a nice guy, man. I just call it like I see it. I, I read the Wes, reports and I see the lack of production. He's not a guy that I would want on a team that I But you I talk cheer. about his attitude. Like, it's yeah, a little different. Know, yeah. Yeah. It could be better. No, you know, so this doesn't do anything for me for Baltimore. I think he'll be a bigger run minimal you know, producing player for them. The more important moves to me were the wide receivers they brought in and the weapons well, they put around Lamar Jackson. That's true. No doubt about that. That's 100% true. Yeah. All right, more Rodgers hate, more Clowny hate, maybe a little <laughs> bit more in the 2 o'clock hour. But coming up next, Sam Farber, the voice of the Average Charlotte Hornets. Rusher. He joins us to talk about the NBA schedule release, even a historic fact with the schedule release about the Charlotte Hornets this upcoming season. Find out coming up next. 
McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's a football Friday, but allow us to take a few minutes to talk about the NBA schedule release that took place yesterday. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Some interesting tidbits to note about the Charlotte Hornets. I thought this one is a little bit more interesting than other schedule releases because usually everybody has the same joke on Twitter. Hey, I have some analysis for you. They play everybody. <laughs> they play 82 games. Yes. It's the classic, and I get the jokes, but I do think there is a couple of things to note specifically about this Charlotte Hornets season, and to help us do that, we'll go over to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome the voice of the Charlotte Hornets, Mr. Sam Farber. Sam, how's it going, my man? It's going great. It's great to talk to you guys, especially when we got this exciting news of uh, the schedule dropping for the 23-24 season. All right, so I thought this schedule release was a little different. That's what I was just saying before you hopped on with us, Sam, because usually, yeah, like, you're looking for information, the back-to-backs, the homestands, the road trips. I mean, we're still looking for a lot of the similar stuff, but I thought this schedule was a little bit different than previous years. What are a couple of things that stood out to you the most when you saw the schedule release yesterday? Well, I think there's two ways usually to look at the schedule. One is from a strategy standpoint, and that's where you're looking for the back-to-back, difficult travel sequences, difficult game sequences. And you know you're going to have to play all the other teams, you know, twice, uh, once-on-once road for all the Western Conference teams, some variation three or four of everyone in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, the, the amount doesn't change. The order can make a difference. And I think in terms of the order, there's not a whole lot of red flags here for Charlotte. I think, you know, they, they do have more back-to-back than the average NBA team, but six of those are home-home back-to-back where there's no travel. So I think overall, from a stri- strategic standpoint, it's a good schedule. And then from the fandom side of it, it's a really good schedule. You look at some of the big-name teams that, you know, fans want to see, MVPs like Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, they come to town on Friday and Saturday night. Those are always going to be marquee games whenever they show up in the building but to have them coming on weekend nights where fans maybe have a little bit more freedom to really enjoy the event and see their hornets take down some of these big names i think that's huge as well sam when you look at this schedule the first 10 games the winning percentage of opponents is around 36 percent and so when you talk about miles bridges coming back after that 10th game how much goodwill do you think that they could build up and then bring miles back into the fold and if he's anything close to what he was before he left this team really starting to uh get a good start on the season i think you're thinking about it the right way you want to look at miles bridges as an accelerator 
after having a good start. No one wants to punt on the first 10 games of the season. Quite frankly, the Hornets can't afford to do that because you're right. There's a lot of winnable games. There's a lot of home games in that stretch. Hornets open with three straight at home, including October 25th against the Atlanta Hawks. That'll be the season opener, the regular season debut for Brandon Miller. Um, But there's a lot of really winnable games in that set, and hopefully the team plays well, has good health for everybody else. Knock on wood, that was the big red flag last season was availability. If they have it for the most part, even without Miles Bridges, those first 10 games, maybe they are six and four, seven and three, heading into more difficult matchups on paper with the full roster then available to you. And then when you look at them having the 13th easiest schedule as projections kind of bear out, and I know the NBA is not big on divisions like other sports to where you really brag about being a division champion, but when you look at the Southeast and the fact that they have Washington and Orlando in there, even though Orlando always gives them a hard time, but Atlanta's a team that's very gettable for them. And then Miami, I feel like they may be able to get a game or so off of them this season if they're playing the right kind of basketball. So how advantageous is it, the division that they play in, and that they get so many games against teams that they should be uh, as good or better than? Could, could be very advantageous. Uh, you know, Miami has been a spectacular postseason team the last couple of years. Not a great regular season team all the time, and the Hornets play them well. Orlando, Charlotte's had a lot of success against. Washington's going into a rebuilding phase. Atlanta, the Hornets have had a lot of success against. So I think you're right, Charlotte. I mean, step one is make the playoffs any which way you can, but hanging a division banner would be a significant step here, I think, for the Hornets. You want to celebrate winning, and the Hornets had all kinds of issues last year just being on the floor. So I think if they can have their full group together, I think winning the division is very much a reasonable goal for this squad. I think you know a, a lot of the national media is looking at this team and this, this roster and comparing it to last year. And I just don't think that's the right way to think about it. If you're comparing it to last year, you're saying Dennis Smith Jr. was the point guard because LaMelo was out more often than he played. So you know, just having LaMelo, an all-star caliber point guard, maybe entering now his prime, uh, on the floor running the show for the Hornets is going to make them hopefully 10, 15 games better on his own. Voice of the Charlotte Hornets, Sam Farber, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, talking about the Hornets and the NBA schedule release. Now, something new this year for every NBA team, it was the NBA in-season tournament, the inaugural one at that. Anything to note there for you, Sam, when you take a look at the format for the in-season tourney? Well, I think that it's it's going to be an interesting process. I'm really intrigued by it. I think it all comes down to that final game, that 83rd game, the one that doesn't count towards the regular season. How do the players treat it? How do front offices treat it? Do they value the NBA Cup? That's going to end up being the question. But in terms of the rest of the schedule within it, they're all regular season games. So, you know, they, they have equal weight. If anything, maybe you're giving a little added incentive for a team to play one of their superstars on one of those games in the, the midst of the season, right in the heart of the schedule, that maybe they would consider load management for. Maybe they wouldn't get up for as easily. I think that's maybe a positive that you can take away from it uh, in the in the larger sense. But really, I think it's going to come down to that 83rd game. From the Hornets' perspective, though, it, it's a great calendar because you're going to have the first two home games of the play-in turn or not the play-in tournament, sorry, the in-season tournament, uh, be home games against marquee teams. Charlotte's going to host Miami November 14th, Milwaukee Friday night, November 17th. Giannis coming to town. Those should be great games 
and great shows and great entertainment for the Hornets faithful, as well as all the other ones. I mean, this, this is going to be a great season. I think anytime the schedule drops, you immediately look for your second favorite team or your second favorite superstar outside of the Hornets and LaMelo Ball, and you circle that and say, that's the one I want to go to. But I think this season is going to be a really exciting season for the Hornets and for all those great superstars that are going to be coming through Spectrum Center. Well, Sam, I don't know if you feel this way. The reason I feel this schedule release is so different, it's because if you play at home, you're going to be playing at home for a while. If you're traveling, if you're hitting the road, feels like you're going to be on the road for a while. Hell, I mean, we even see that there's a historic event here with the Hornets release and that they're going to have the longest homestand in franchise history right at the end of the season. To me, it doesn't feel as mixed and matched this year. Sam, I don't know if you noticed that, but two questions. One, did you notice it? And two, how do you like if you're on the road, you're going to be traveling a little bit more before you go back and forth because of what you do as the play-by-play announcer? Well, see, that's the thing. I don't think we're traveling so much more because you, you are. Well, no, it's just condensed. Back. I don't mean to cut. It's right. just like it's just if you're at home, right, like you have five games in a row and then you're traveling because the, the mileage actually doesn't add up. It just feels like it's more broken up into three or longer home stands, three games or longer road trips. It just feels weird to me. Uh, agreed. Agreed. I think, you know, you account for there's going to be two long Western Conference road trips and then maybe there will be a third one involving central time zone or right. Eastern conference teams that maybe you're gone for two weeks. And that, that one really doesn't show up. So I think the Hornets, you know, even though they, they do have some longer road stretches out there as every team is going to overall, I think it's a good schedule. And, and for fans, for the home games, you've got 19 dates, I believe that are on Friday, Saturdays and Sundays. So we got the perfect plan for all the Hornets fans out there. It's a pick 23 plan. You can go, you get automatically, the first game of the year, opening night, October 25th against the Hawks. You get the last game of the year on the home schedule in April. And then beyond that, you're going to get you get your pick, 21 other games. So what I would recommend is you take the 19 games that are all on weekends. Go ahead and grab that. you got the Lakers coming in on Monday in February. You've got the Warriors coming into town. You know, pick one other favorite game, and you're set. You've got your pick 23 right there. You're ready for the season just in case you don't want to get the full season tickets. But either way, Hornets.com, and we look forward to seeing everyone October 25th for opening night against the Hawks. Also, the Hornets app as well. You can go get single game tickets. They are on sale tomorrow starting at 10 a.m. So you can line up and get some tickets there for info on the Hive Society memberships as well. And the Pick 23 plan that Sam was just referencing, visit Hornets.com. Or you can even call the Hornets 704-HORNETS. Really simple, 704-HORNETS. Sam, we appreciate the time, man. Look forward to talking to you down the road about the season. I can't wait, guys. October can't come soon enough. Thanks, Sam. That is the Sam, the one and only Sam Farber hopping on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, talking a little about the NBA schedule release. We'll take a quick break, come back with the 2 o'clock hour. It's time to trend, and maybe we can even give some of our own schedule thoughts on the other side of the break, discuss more Panthers-Giants preview. Only one more hour, but still a lot to get to right here on Wes and Walker. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.